Welcome to this week's podcast of Bergen Park Church from Evergreen, Colorado. We hope you enjoy this message, and if you'd like to hear any more or learn more about the church, please visit bergenparkchurch.org. Welcome to Bergen Park Church. We're so glad that you guys gathered with us today. You know, I, it's such a privilege every time we get together to get into the Word, to listen to the voice of Jesus, and just to wrestle in that together. And I want you to know, as, as a pastor, it's an honor to do that with you and to do that together. And I'm excited today as we get into a passage that's pretty simple, and yet simplicity sometimes leads to complexity. And it's this parable called the parable of the sower. You may have heard it, or the parable of the soils. Now, one of the... Uh, pastimes that I seem to have, I find myself doing when, uh, certainly when I'm stressful, is I find YouTube is a, is a huge draw for me. I don't know if you waste a lot of time on YouTube. But there is a specific kind of video that really captivates me, and I think YouTube has figured it out because my feed is pretty much entirely uh, cast of this one type of video. And it's this moment, have you seen this, where there is an infant or a child or maybe an adult And for the first time, or maybe it's being restored, they have the opportunity to hear again. Have you seen that? Maybe it's through an implant or a surgery, and there's this child. And and for the first time, you you watch as they turn on this device, or they, they speak to the child for the first time, and this just wave of shock comes over their faces. And they're wondering, what is it that I'm hearing? And shock turns to just elation, and elation goes to joy, and eventually, absolutely, we're just crying. Because they'll hear somebody inevitably say, I love you. And this could be the first time they've ever heard their father's voice, or a, a father's heard their son, or a mother, their daughter. It's just, it's impactful, and it encourages me, and I warm up, and I get my day going. And the reason I share that with you is the power of listening. I think one of the most important gifts that God's given us is the gift of hearing and simply the opportunity to listen to one another, but also to listen to God. And I think Jesus knows, because this parable is here, is we don't like to listen. I am not a good listener. That's no surprise to my wife. It may be a surprise to you. But as human beings, we struggle to listen, and that's why the parable of the sower is here. Because see... Ten times in this parable, Jesus is going to mention the word to hear. Hear, He who has ears, let him hear. And verses 1 through 25. So if you want to go there, Mark chapter 4, verses 1 through 25, that's where we're going to be today. Because there's two powerful metaphors that Jesus often uses. And the Bible will often use, and that's the metaphor of the ears and the metaphor of the eyes. And the reason these metaphors are so powerful is they tap into something that is vital to us as human beings. And that's the truth that you were created to be in relationship with God. And Jesus uses the language of hearing and the language of sight to connect you to that reality that we have the privilege of hearing and knowing and being with God. But see, knowing God is deeply dependent on how well we are able to listen. And when we are listening, the ability to push out our own voice, to simply stop and be present, and to allow those words to come into our lives. And so we're going to get into one of the best and well-known parables. And a parable is really a short story that illustrates uh, a core idea, truth. And the parable of sower is unique because it's a parable on parables. 
It's a parable on why Jesus talks in parables. And he's explaining why he shares the truth about God through these little narratives and stories. Because these stories, if you think about it, they're very common. They connected to what people were experiencing every single day. So when Jesus shared a story like this and you went home, you'd be doing exactly what Jesus talked about in the story that he shared. So here you are out sowing seed. And what comes to mind is the story about Jesus talking about a farmer sowing seed. Or you wake up in the middle of the night and you're wondering, what did that mean? What was the context? And the parables, the stories of Jesus had a way of just resting on people's hearts and in their minds. And at the center of Jesus' parables was one main idea. And that main idea was the kingdom of God. The parables were not short little stories with moral tales. Be a good boy. Don't tell a lie. Be generous. At the center of the parables is the truth about God's kingdom and what God is doing in the world. So as we jump into this, this is where it's going to go. So if you want to jump there with me in chapter 4, it's kind of a long passage. I hope hope you're ready for this. We're going to kind of read through it and discover the meaning of the parable. So are you guys ready? You made it here. So if you've done that, now let's just kind of let the Spirit lead us the rest of the way. Let's jump into it. Mark chapter 4, verse 1. The word of the Lord. And again, he began to teach beside the sea. And a very large crowd gathered around him so that he got into a boat and he sat in it on the sea. And the whole crowd was beside the sea on the land and he was teaching them many things in parables. And in his teaching, he said to them, listen, listen, behold, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell on the path and the birds came and devoured it. And other seed fell on rocky ground where it did not have much soil and immediately it sprang up since it had no depth of soil. And when the sun rose, it was scorched, since it had no root, and it withered away. And other seed fell among thorns. And when the thorns grew up and choked it, it yielded no grain. And other seed fell into good soil and produced grain growing and increasing and yielding 30, 60, 100-fold. He said, he who has ears, let him hear. And when he was alone, those around him with the 12, the disciples asked him about the parables. And he said to them, to you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God, but for those outside, everything is in parables so that they may indeed see, but not perceive. They may indeed hear, but not understand, lest they should turn and be forgiven. And he said to them, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? Now the sower sows the word, and these are the ones along the path where the word is sown, and when they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. And these are the ones sown on rocky ground, the ones who, when they hear, immediately receive it with joy, and they have no roots in themselves, but endure for a little while, and then when tribulation and persecution arises on account of that word, Immediately, they start falling away. And others are the ones sown on, uh, among thorns. And they are those who hear the word, but the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, the desires for things enter in and they choke the word and it proves unfruitful. But those who are sown on good soil are the ones who hear the word. They accept it and bear fruit 30, 60, 100 fold. And he said to them, is a lamp brought in to be put under a basket or under a bed? And not on a stand, for nothing is hidden except to be made manifest, nor is anything secret except to come to light. 
If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. And he said to them, pay attention to what you hear. With the measure you use, it'll be measured to you, and still more will be added to you. For those who have, more will be given. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. This is the word of the Lord. All thanks be to God. Hey, let me pray for you. Would you pray for me? Father, just a privilege to be with you and to be with uh, this community together. Holy Spirit, guide us, illuminate, teach in Jesus' name. Amen. So Jesus, Mark, starts with a setting. Jesus is on the shoreline in the crowds, as the first three chapters tell us, are growing larger and larger and larger. You can imagine if this was a movie, Jesus is at the height of his popularity. And what Mark is doing is he's kind of putting out the question, why are so many people coming to Jesus? And each one of these people who come to Jesus in the crowd, you know, they're coming with different challenges and different reasons and with different thoughts about who Jesus is. And the crowd was so large that it was pushing Jesus back. So what he does quite brilliantly is he gets into the boat and he goes out on the sea because your voice actually travels better over water than over land. And he creates this natural amphitheater and he begins speaking to the crowds because in this crowd, understand is each one of these types of soils. So what Jesus is teaching relates to what is happening in front of them. All of these people have come. And as we saw last week, people come and they've already made different decisions about Jesus. If you, if you remember last week, the religious leaders came and said, Jesus is just evil. The way you cast out demons is by the power of demons. Jesus, you're evil. Other people said, you know, he's interesting, but maybe he's a little crazy. I can't quite figure him out. And there were others that said, well, possibly could it be that Jesus is Lord. And so surrounding Jesus is all of these people with different expectations, different hopes, different degrees, uh, different desires. And so Jesus addresses them and he starts addressing them around his favorite subject. And so I wanna stop for just a minute that we've already talked about this. And I wanna test your own ability to hear Jesus. Because the whole point of this is how well are we listening? So when it comes to Jesus' basic message, if Jesus was standing, you're on the shoreline, Jesus is in the boat, what is the one message Jesus is gonna talk about more than anything else? Do we have ears to hear? Because some people would say the main message of Jesus is just love. You know, love God, love yourself, love others. If you listen to some, they would say, that's the primary message of Jesus. Others would say, no, no, Jesus was a good moral teacher. And so the main message of Jesus, do unto others, right, as you'd have them do unto you. Here are the values in the world that matter. And so these are the values we have to fight for in the world. This is what's most important. This is the message of Jesus. Or if you go to other churches or listen to other Christians, they may say, no, the message of Jesus, the primary message is you got to get to heaven, this is the way to get to heaven. And so listen to me, I'm fixing everything. And one day you can escape the earth and you can go to heaven. Was he just a teacher of love, morality, or heaven? The main message of Jesus was the message of the kingdom of God. And it's actually the first words that Jesus spoke in chapter one. That Jesus' first words kind of set the scene, wouldn't you agree? The first words of Jesus would set the scene for the rest of his life. And in Mark chapter one, verse one, listen to the words that he says. The time is fulfilled. The time's pregnant. It's about to give birth. Why? Because the kingdom of God is at hand. It's near. So respond. Believe 
the good news, believe the gospel. What is the gospel? The gospel is that God is real. And he's created us in his image to live under his good rule and reign. But see, what we did is we've become deaf. We became blind. We became, in a sense, spiritually dead. And God, once again, through Jesus, is bringing his good rule, his presence into the world so that we might be once again fully restored and fully alive. Because see, hear me, the gospel is not you're a horrible person. The gospel is not that you're a miserable human being and God is mad at you and you need to get your act together. The gospel is the good news that Jesus did not come into the world to condemn the world, but what he wants for us is life. And that life can only come to us if we're willing to listen, if we're willing to wrestle and to hear his voice. One of the challenge things I find about Jesus, he's not very clear and he doesn't intend to be. I mean, did you read that and go, what in the world are you talking about? Those that have are gonna get taken away and someone that has, and there's lights and it's not, it's a little confusing. Our culture loves clarity, right? Jason, get to the point. We wanna be out of here in 15 minutes. That's what we want. Jesus values something very different. And he teaches in a way that either invites us in or his parables will actually begin to push us away. Because see, that's what they're designed to do. And I think there's one misconception. I want to show an image to you. If you'll put that first image up. Sometimes I think we believe or we understand that this is what the main message of the Bible is about. There's an old creation, right? Because it's broken in sin. And, and then one day heaven will come. And God's agenda, some people may think, is to get us out of here, right? Because this place is bad and he wants to move us away and bring us someplace else. But that's not the picture. When Jesus says the kingdom of God is here, go to the next slide, God is coming in. God doesn't want to get you out. God wants to come in. God wants to restore marriages and relationships. God wants to restore money and sexuality. God wants to restore life. He wants to bring you a fullness of life. And it's the presence of God in and through Jesus that is healing, redeeming, and restoring. And when God comes and dwells in you, you go out in the world to do the same thing, to redeem, to restore, and to heal because God's presence is in you and where his presence is. God is coming in to heal the earth. And through his parables, God is bringing restoration and healing. But enter the parable, the sower, how well do we listen? And how well do we hear? So this parable is, first of all, we're going to see two things. It's an explanation why some people respond to the gospel and some people don't. Jesus is explaining, because if he's the son of God, right? I mean, if he's the Messiah, why don't Why doesn't everybody realize it and respond to him? He's such a great teacher. So why do some people respond and some people don't? And then secondly, Jesus is using this story as a diagnostic for us to examine, as a gift of grace to examine, where am I? Where am I in this story and how well do I listen? So let's, you guys ready? Jump back into it, verse 3, as he tells the simple story before the crowd. Behold, a sower went out to sow, so a farmer is casting seed. And as he's casting it, he kind of puts it everywhere. Some fell on the path. The birds came and devoured it. Other seed fell on rocky ground. And you understand rocky ground doesn't have a lot of soil, so it takes root, but it doesn't grow since it has no depth. 
Verse 6, and when the sun rises and scorches the seed, since it does not have root, it withers away. So that's number two. Three, other seed fell among thorns, and thorns grow up and choke it, and it yields no life, no grain. And then finally, other seed fell into good soil, and it produced, it, it bared fruit, growing up and increasing and yielding 30, 60, and 100 fold. So four types of soil, which correspond to four different responses. If you can imagine, four different types of people. Remember the crowds out there, Jesus is on the water. And as he's saying this, he's describing where the people are and why some reject him and some believe. And as we study parables, I want you to realize not every detail in this passage matters. Because I have heard this sermon. Do you want to become a hundredfold Christian? Don't be a 30-fold or a 60-fold. Today, I'm going to unpack the secrets of the kingdom and you will become a 100-fold Christian. Or some people will take this parable and they'll say, do you notice how he spreads the seed broadly? Have you ever heard that? Because why would a farmer put some on the path? Doesn't that seem stupid? It seems like a waste of seed. And why would he put some on rocks? And why would he put some... But that's not a detail. Not all the details are as important because see, a farmer in the first century, they would cast the seed and then they would plow the ground. But we tend to think we plow the ground and cast the seed. So not every detail is as important. What matters is verse 9. The central idea of the story is do we listen? He who has ears, the person that has ears will hear. Are we willing to listen? It matters how we listen. And if you don't fully get it yet, it's okay. Disciples didn't get it either. That's verse 10. Did you notice? Even the disciples are going, okay, Jesus, what, what in the world are you talking about? And so notice in verse 10, when he was alone, those around him with the 12, meaning the disciples, the one that Jesus has handpicked, ask him, okay, what are you talking about? And so Jesus begins to explain. And in typical Jesus fashion, this is incredibly clear. You ready for this? To you has been given the secrets of the kingdom of God. But for those outside, everything is in parables. Why? So that they may indeed see and not perceive. They may indeed hear and not understand. They may should turn and, lest they should be turned and be forgiven. It sounds like he's saying, I don't want anyone to be forgiven, doesn't it? <laughs> Jesus, why are you teaching a parable? I don't want anyone to be forgiven. Is that what he's saying? No, he's, again, he's describing a scenario. And what he's describing is the way that parables come into our lives. The way that they impact us. And in fact, this is not something that Jesus made up, this verse. It's a quotation from the book of Isaiah, which was written some 700 years before the coming of Jesus. And what's coming together are these big theological ideas that God is sovereign and human beings are responsible. That God is 100% sovereign over every person that responds to him. And yet, we are 100% responsible for the way we respond. And how does that work out? Now, theologians will tell you and line it up perfectly. I'll tell you something. It's a mystery. It's a mystery. Part of the mystery of the kingdom of God is why some people respond and others do not. Now, let me get real practical on how the parables work. In some ways, they're judgment and in other ways, they're grace. So here's the scenario. Imagine there's somebody in the crowd and they think Jesus is nuts. Their sister brought them, their brother brought them, their child brought them. They're like, Jesus, this Jesus of Nazareth stuff, he's an absolute fool. He's going around telling everybody he's the king of Israel. 
come on, how do you guys believe this stuff? And they start listening. And then Jesus gets up and he's like, there was a farmer and he started casting out seed and some fell on the path and birds and scorching. And this is stupid. Why am I wasting my time? The parables for some confirm their unbelief. Does that make sense? What they have is taken away. The little they have is taken away. What's taken away is, is understanding. And if they have no understanding, the parables confirm they have no understanding. Does that kind of make sense? And then imagine another scenario. There's another person in the crowd and, and maybe their mother brought them and they're listening and they think Jesus is a little nuts and he starts talking and he starts talking about a farmer and seed and there's hard paths and rocky paths and it starts to intrigue them. And though they don't get it, right? I don't, understand, I don't really get what he's saying they're drawn in. And the words of Jesus begin to bring life and truth. And it may take a while because you know how seed grows. It grows overnight. Change happens overnight. And he goes, sorry, I'm, I'm not being serious. It takes time. And the seed begins to grow. And eventually what Jesus is teaching, it bears fruit in our lives. What he's describing is why some people respond and some people don't. And this is the role that Jesus parables play. You see it in verse 25, right? And it seems confusing. For the one who has, more will be given. Now what's being given? It's understanding. For the one who has ears to hear and wants to come near, man, Jesus is generous. He's going to pour it on you. But notice, from the one who has not, even what he has is taken away. His parables either confirm unbelief, this is stupid, or it draws us in. God is at work and we are at work. And so that's the role that the parables play. That's the first idea. The second is the parables also play this diagnostic role. That as we're listening to them, one of the questions we're supposed to ask is, okay, where am I? And I want you to know, all of us think right now, I, maybe, I'm good soil. Come on now. Right? We start off and we go where? I must be good soil. So stop. He who has ears, just listen. Sometimes if we don't understand the questions, we're not going to understand the answers. And what we tend to do as Christians is we take all the answers into Jesus instead of just, remember last week, who is the family of God? Those who sit in proximity to Jesus and they listen. Remember, who's my mother, my brother, my sister? those who do the will of God. And what are they doing? They're just sitting around Jesus. And as they're sitting, they're listening. And the words of Jesus are bringing life and fruit. And so one of the things we're supposed to do in this story is to begin to diagnose because being a disciple means listening to the voice of Jesus above the voices of the world. And I wanna pause right there. That's challenging today. How many podcasts are there? How many YouTube videos can you watch? You know, we got this uh, three, seven-day trial period, every channel you could imagine because the World Series is on, Texas Rangers are playing, go Rangers. And I want to watch it for at least a week. I get seven days. How many television shows have I lost time? And I mean, I'm not even halfway there, not even a fourth, not even a tenth of the way there. There's so much to watch, so much to see. There's so much to listen to. And in the voice, in the church today, there's a lot of voices that I think we associate with Jesus. 
political voices. Those political voices, sometimes we associate with Jesus and the voice of Jesus and the voice of our favorite politician, they become one. But are we willing to submit the voice of that politician under the voice of Jesus? Then there's voices in our culture and they speak loud and they speak clear. This is what life is like. This is what sexuality is for. This is what family is about and, and what work is about. Are we willing to take those influencers and bring them under the voice of Jesus. Then inside of me, there's all these voices that are trying to get my attention and tell me where to go. Am I willing to take my, my voice and surrender it under Jesus? Disciple somebody who doesn't assume because Jesus is always disturbing. Do you notice that? Because what happened to the disciples? They're listening to the story and they go, wait a minute, we don't get it. Good. But what do they do? Jesus, we don't get it. And they come and they sit at his feet and Jesus begins to teach him, is that the kind of disciple that we are? Are we somebody, when the messages of the world come in, we bring them to the feet of Jesus and we're willing to listen. Jesus, I look at the world, I don't know how to respond right now. I don't know what's going on in my marriage, my family. I don't know what's going on politically. Israel, Palestine, God, I, this is a mess. Help me to listen. A disciple is someone who doesn't assume because they know who Jesus is as Lord and they're willing as children just to sit at his feet and say, teach me. I want you to know. So are we willing to listen? So let's finish this up by just diagnosing these four soils. Where are we? And so jump back in, verse 14. And so he's gonna explain what this means. The sower sows the word. What's the word? It's the word of the kingdom of God. It's the message of Jesus. It could be the words that come from a pulpit or come from a book or come from the Bible, God begins to speak. And there are those, the, the, the word falls on the path where the word is sown and they hear and Satan immediately comes and takes it away. Now, if you're in that category, you don't care. That's how you know you're in that category. You're probably here and say, I, I really don't care what category I'm in. Thank you, I'm ready for lunch. Let's get out of here. Let's shovel the driveway. But what is Jesus saying? It's grace. Hey, I know you're there. I'm not angry with you. I'm not against you. I've not come into the world to condemn it. Will you listen? That's all. Do you have ears to hear? And some people will hear and some people won't. And then notice verse 16. Here's the second soil. And these are the ones where the word is sown. The gospel goes out. The Bible speaks. The Holy Spirit moves. And it's sown onto rocky ground. And these are the kind of people who when they hear, wow, that's kind of neat. They receive it with joy but they're shallow, right? There's not a lot of soil in which the seed can begin to take root. And so they endure, right, for a little while. Man, this is awesome, I'm worshiping, but then what happens? Trouble comes. I thought Jesus was supposed to make life easier, right? This whole God thing, why do I have cancer? Why am I losing my job? This doesn't make any sense, Jesus. You're not living up to your promises. Persecution comes in, you mean I gotta stand for him? My friends need to know? No way, I'm not going there. There's no commitment to them. There's no grounding and foundation. And what is he saying? Hey, it, that's where you are. There's grace. I want life for you. The question is, are we willing to listen? Because the one on rocky soil, they're here and they're gone. They're excited for a moment and then they just kind of fizzle out and walk away. He who has ears, let him hear. Discover where he is. And then verse 18. And there are those that are sown among thorns. 
And they are those who hear the word, but the cares of the world, the deceitfulness, and that's an important word. Riches talk to us. I got enough, I don't have enough. I'm in control, I'm not in control. Money has a way of replacing God in our lives. And the desires for other things, notice what happens. It, they come into my life and they start to choke out the word so that it proves unfruitful. If the first heart is hard, I don't give, I don't care. The second heart is shallow, right? This is a heart that's divided. I like Jesus, but you know, I like a lot of things. And there's competing values in my life. Sometimes I'm driven by my job or my career and sometimes Jesus comes back in and I let him speak a little bit. But if I don't agree with him, I kind of push him out. And what you see in this person's life is all of these different voices that are speaking in. And Jesus is one of them and maybe he's equal among them. But if you really look into that person's life, he's not the driving force. This is somebody that gives that worships, that may go to church, that may give to a missionary, but the voice of Jesus isn't the dominant voice. And, and I think of all of these, this is probably the one we can easily find ourselves in the most. I, I figured it out. I already know what Jesus says. I don't need to read my Bible. I don't, I don't need to be in community with, I don't need that Jesus, I know. And why, is, why are these words here? They're words of grace. I want you to have life. Are you willing to listen? He who has ears, let him hear. And then finally, verse 20, but those who are sown on the good soil are the ones who hear the word, they accept it, and they bear fruit. 30, 60, and 100 fold. The amount doesn't matter. This is not, the last soil is not about perfection, guys. It's about commitment. And the Christian life is just like a seed. It doesn't happen overnight. There's periods of winter. God seems absent. He's doing nothing today, right? Everything's dying. Everything's frozen. Life is hard. Life is cold. But beneath the surface, if you have ears to hear through the hardships of life and through the difficulty, he wants to soften us. He wants us to sit at his feet. He wants us to know that we're children and we need him. He wants to be our father. And if you know how to be a good father to your kids, how much more does God know how to be a good father to his? And as the seed grows, what happens is we start to change. And we start to look not more and more like I say you should look or the church says or your politicians of the world, you start to actually look like Jesus in different areas of life. And then I may come to you and say, I need some of that. You are an amazing father. You know, the way you lead your business, I, I see the love of Christ, I see a passion there. Every single one of us has these areas, right? We're, we're trying to really, there's a manifestation of God's presence and power and fruitfulness in your life. And in this room, all of those things are represented. Every area of fruitfulness and life is bearing fruit. And we have to share in that together and disciple each other. To do what? To do it right? No, to listen well. Do you know how to listen to Jesus, the number one thing we need to do is not to instruct, hey, you're getting it wrong, not just to correct, but to say, hey, are you willing to come to Jesus' feet and just receive what he has to say? 
and let the Holy Spirit move you and he will produce the fruit. Guys, that's what the church is about. It's beautiful, isn't it? But it's a mystery. It's an absolute mystery how God works, but he loves to work through us. He loves to work through us. Hey, this morning, we're gonna share communion together. If you didn't grab the communion elements when you came in, I want you to do that. It is so important for us to spend the time holding these elements because Jesus said, there's not a lot of things that he told us to do all the time, right? But he said, when you get together, do this. And so for whatever reason, let's do it. Let's do it together. And let's take the elements that represent Jesus' body and blood. That his body and blood have been sacrificed so that he might open our ears and our eyes so that we might become and receive and be the children of God. So as we hold these elements together, Benjamin's gonna be playing and let's just spend some time listening to our father and surrendering to him whatever you desire to give. Let's, let's go to the Lord together.